Welcome to the Forgettable Reads Podcast, a no-nonsense sleepcast for the rest of us. No creepy whispering, no bad spell music, no sleepy monotone. Just sincere reads of boring, bland material for all your verbal white noise needs. And now your host, Lauren Good. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode two. Again, I'm your host, Lauren Good. Um, I have to take just a quick moment and really thank the folks who helped me get this podcast going at least once. So bear with me for a moment of thank you. Thank you to, first and foremost, my amazing producer, Alex DeWeese, for producing every one of these things and dealing with the tons of mistakes that I make. Someday he's going to release a best of of like some of the most ridiculous mistakes that I make with my mouth, and you're all going to laugh. Uh, but Alex is is wonderful. He's a talented musician and a talented audio engineer and just a wonderful editor and all-around amazing human being. So thank you, Alex. Also have to thank David Strong, an uh, amazing voiceover talent who provided the intro uh, for our podcast here, and Stephen Winchell, who was the artist who did the channel artwork, the podcast artwork. Um, Stephen and I have partnered together on a number of things, even back when I was a body worker before I went full-time with voiceover. And I, I just love the way his brain thinks. Like I am the kind of person, I'm not an artist. I don't do graphic novels. I, I don't do panels of comics and stuff like that. And Stephen does, but I think that way. And Stephen's amazing because he will let me just tell him stupid things out of my brain. I'm like, I'm thinking kind of like this, like that. Um, For example, back when I was still, my day job was as a body worker doing myofascial therapy and cupping. I did this article that was about like how desk warriors could, I don't know, improve their posture and reduce their pain. And I was telling him that one of the panels I needed in, in the article, I was talking about how Sometimes certain things we do feel really good, but they don't actually help. So I was telling him, so for that artwork panel, I needed cells that were on drugs. (laughs) And he did an amazing job. While tonight's episode is Bored to Sleep by Marketing, because that's what the reading is about, I easily also could have titled this episode rambling thoughts about the pandemic. And please don't worry, we're not going to talk about anything political. We're not going to talk about anything depressing. But I've had a lot of time to think about some stuff during this pandemic. And I wanted to share a few thoughts and share some thoughts that other people have shared with me about their thoughts during the pandemic, because that's the one thing that is for sure with all the changes that have happened in the pandemic is that A, We have more thoughts about the pandemic and B, we've had more time to really reflect on the thoughts and share with other people about our thoughts and hear about their thoughts. (laughs) So so this is what is going to be a three parter little intro here. And here's the first piece. Here's how I am emotionally in this pandemic. I recognize that I'm really lucky and I'm really grateful. My life didn't change too drastically. When the pandemic hit, I've been full time as a voice actor. The space in which I do that work is called an isolation booth. So when our governor said, stay at home, shelter in place and isolate, I was like, cool, I already built that shelter. (laughs) We're good. 
So most of what I do is already virtual, minus a few like going into studios. Uh, What definitely changed for me was like social in-person connections. But for me emotionally, here's what I've noticed. I've wildly, wildly oscillated from being like overly productive in a crazy way that's like, wow, that was impressive. Why did we do that? (laughs) To being like overly lethargic. Wow. Why did we do that? And I just bounce like a racquetball tournament back and forth between the two. And I know everybody has had different feelings and different experiences in this pandemic. But one thing that's definitely led me to appreciate is that I'm a person who really appreciates balance. And I think if I had to define success, it would be about balance. Having kind of every little piece of what you want to do with your life, having a moment in your day, in your life, in your week, in your month, in your quarter. And uh, I don't know, the pandemic has changed that. But here's the second thing I've noticed, and I'm not sure which it is. So I'm going to put it out there to you exactly as I think about it. I am not sure if the pandemic has really taught me to slow down and appreciate the smaller, more simple things, or if the pandemic has just made me so boredom sensitive, I now find anything fun. I don't know which it is, but we're going to talk about what that means here. So, for example, some of the things that I appreciate, I think that I think are really truly me appreciating small things that maybe we take for granted in everyday life, like catching up with friends I haven't heard from in forever. Um, just enjoying sitting like in a different place in my apartment and doing something different with my evenings, like reading a book or listening to an audible or, <laughs> I mean, most days I, I, some days I'm so busy, like the thing I love to do at the end of the day is just watch something like House Hunters or House Hunters International. And I just marvel. I don't watch it necessarily just because of the real estate or um, being able to go to a destination that's far away because I can't travel. But I marvel because the producers constantly choose couples that have these major, major like wedges in their decision making process. The husband wants contemporary. The wife wants vintage. Husband wants to be on the beach. Wife wants to be away from the beach. Or husband wants to be in the city center. Wife wants to be in the suburbs or vice versa. Uh, And I just love watching this. It's fascinating. But here are some other things, some examples. When I moved out of my last apartment, I didn't get to take all of my kitchen utensils with me. Very long story. You can ask me about it some other day. One of the things I lost, well, two of the things I lost were my cutting board and my cheese grater. (laughs) A friend of mine for a housewarming gift when I moved into the current place I'm in gave me a cutting board. It's made out of like whatever material they make skateboards out of. It's awesome. It's dishwasher safe, so easy to clean, and it's just magical. I love it. But I didn't get the cheese grater. I have a lime, like a citrus grater. Uh, And so I've been trying to use that. But if any of you have ever tried to grate cheese or use like the wrong size hole on a grater, you'll understand. You can't do that. So I just started buying shredded cheese and I gave up on my, I don't know, once 
thought of as an adult responsibility to sometimes buy blocks of cheese that must be grated. For my birthday this year, my mother sent me a new cheese grater. The exact one I wanted. It's awesome. I now love grating cheese. Even if I don't intend on eating it, I will buy cheese at the grocery store just so I can grate it. The other piece, love spiralizing vegetables into noodles for food. So sweet potatoes, yellow squash, um, zucchini. Gosh, there's so many. And then the spiralizer has another setting that can just kind of chop stuff. So I can do cabbage and lettuce heads. And oh, there's nothing more satisfying than jamming these vegetables onto this thing. And then you just crank and you crank and you crank. And sometimes even things like um, wiping counters down that used to drive me nuts. Why do I have to do this? This sucks. Hashtag adulting is the worst. There's something very zen about it. It's like the karate kid. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine about this sometime around my birthday, and I was like, I just don't know. I don't know if I'm like starting to appreciate the smaller things in life or if I'm just so bored now and I'm out of hard seltzer flavors to try out that like maybe now I'm just... I don't know, addicted to stupid stuff. And so I asked, I, I did a Facebook poll. And here's what some other people told me that like, they're really learning how to appreciate. So I think this is part of like our human our shared human experience around the pandemic is that we are realizing there are things that maybe we took for granted before. The last piece for me is like when I'm on my bike, normally my bike is about commuting and now my bike is about mental health and sanity and fun. And boy, I find a hill, it's so painful on the way up, but coasting down the hill, feeling that air, feeling the rush of energy. It's amazing. Here were some of the answers some other folks gave me. Uh, Walks around the neighborhood, cooking dinner for my family, watching really old movies. And I've done that too. I've I've rewatched, I think, like every Disney animated movie I've ever saw or loved as a child. I loved it. Every single one of them, whatever the song was from that Disney movie, got totally stuck in my head for at least two days. Um, So, yeah, watching old movies. Uh, Somebody else said feeding birds, looking at bugs, watering plants. And on on the topic of watering plants, I have an orchid. It's the first plant I've kept alive for four years. In the beginning of the pandemic, way earlier than than she ever has bloomed before she grew two for the first time ever two flower stalks and bloomed on both of them and I thought well if that's not hope in a bottle I don't know what it is so grateful so 14 blooms early and they lasted forever the last of the blooms literally I just cut off yesterday but here's the thing uh two weeks ago as, as the first blooms of that batch were starting to kind of wilt and die off, she grew two more flower stalks. So she's double-double bloom, like a total quadruple bloom. So I enjoy watering her. I enjoy taking care of her because she's like blooming like a crazy person. The rest of us are having some issues. She's like, I'm living my best life. I'm in the window all the time. I've got all the sunshine I need. And some people told me that I, they say that if you're home and you talk to your plant more, it, it does better. So, yeah, this plant has everything it needs, according to folklore. 
some other folks had some funny answers that I'm not going to read, but like vacuuming. Yeah, there's a certain like satisfying feeling of like really knowing that you vacuumed well and in straight lines and uh, walks. Again, walks was the big thing. Bunches of people mentioned walking. And here in Chicago, where I am, walking is like kind of built into your day. But I don't think any of us recognized how lucky we are to do it as often as we are until now. Um, creating art, walking with family. So again, walking, but walking with family, which is not something that everybody did before the pandemic. Maybe people, certain people in the family walked, but maybe it wasn't a family activity. And then like going to the movies, going out to dinner kind of got cut off. Um, somebody else had this beautiful answer. I'm going to read it in full because I, I'm like, that sounds way too much for me, but I love it. And I wish I would do it every day. Getting up and dressing up with full makeup as if I were going out to do something important. Lighting candles and putting on great music while eating. Really being present and going for a walk and taking everything in. Oh, love all that. Um, hiking, camping. Hiking, meal planning, flavoring up water like by putting lemons in it, sitting out on the front porch more, running, cooking, teaching, playing, spending more time with my kids, spending more time with my family, learning about the plants I have and figuring out what I'm actually supposed to do with them instead of like praying to God that I don't kill them by watering them or not watering them. Yeah, all of these examples I love, love. And I think that's one of the, positive aspects that we can keep with us from the pandemic. There are a few aspects about the pandemic that I find hilarious. Uh, one of them, especially because I'm a voice actor, is one thing that happened to the voiceover industry is that starting in March, um, tons of people either came out with new ad campaigns or redid their previous ad campaigns, all in this what I'm going to call the COVID-19 style. And for those of you who may have seen it, there's a great YouTube video uh, that's called Every COVID-19 Commercial is the Same. And in case you haven't seen it, I'm just going to play a brief snippet of it so that you'll, you'll get a sense. So here we go. When we first opened our doors. Since 1926. For 60 years. For 75 years. In 90 years. Over 100 years. Nationwide has been on your side. Restaurants have always been there for you. We will do what we've always done. Take care of people. Especially now. Especially now. Right now. More than ever. Today, more than ever. Today, more than ever. In times like this. At times like these. Challenging times. Trying times. In these times of uncertainty. Uh, but if you want to see the whole thing, I mean, they, they do it from start to finish, from the somber music to the since, since our inception at such and such time, we are together. We are people. We are family. We are da, 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 the unprecedented times like the whole th kit and caboodle is all there. So, again, one of the things that's happened in the pandemic is I have tons of time to think about things and make jokes in my own head that probably only I find funny. Uh, but you're here tonight. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about those commercials um, and those things. And then I was thinking about like this old trend that happened a few years ago where analytic AI in particular became like a really popular thing. Um, for example, there was an, a company that ran an AI program where they fed it all of the Harry Potter chapters and it, it 
spit out an AI version of a new Harry Potter chapter, and it was hilarious. And they did that with a couple of other books. Uh, I thought about that, and I thought about um, Jimmy Fallon does sometimes these, like, Mad Lib theater things where he brings on celebrities, and he makes them do a Mad Libs for a script, and then they have to go act it out. So I did a template (laughs) of a COVID-19 script, this kind of boilerplate template. And then there were certain parts I treated like Mad Libs. I took the words out uh, from the ad, and I used the internet (laughs) to fill in you know, Mad Lib style, whatever fit into that block that may not actually be appropriate. And I was just like, let's see what happens if we try to make a COVID-19 commercial out of this, see how much it's real. So Alex, my love, my dear, dear producer, uh, would you be willing in post to like actually produce this and make this a commercial here? I'm going to read it, but you, you can make it magic. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a great idea. You just, you lay it down and, I, and I'll make it work. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just make sure whatever music we pick is like the, you know, the worst. Oh, for sure. I'll make it, you know, it, it'll be way over the top uh, and, and just awful. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So give me a moment. I have to get back in the mode. I haven't done this in a while. <clears throat> We're going to do this. So here is our Forgettable Reads COVID-19 commercial. Since the last half hour, our gang has always been there for you through fat and gaunt. We will continue to correct you because... We are populations, and that is what bodies are for. Today, more than regularly, in these miffed and dubious times, while we are divorced, but hand in hand, you can bet bottom dollar on us to be there for you without leaving the asylum of your domicile. We will get through this ball game in mass. Hashtag combined cut off. So there you have it, folks. That is the Mad Libs AI version of Forgettable Reads COVID-19 commercial. I hope you've enjoyed that. We could definitely for a bit make that make that a spot. Um, so in the comments, in a review, in an email, in a Facebook message or whatever, if you, if you would like to see more of that, just let us know. Otherwise, we've now reached the end of the intro and it's, uh, it's time for the reading. So tonight, enjoy being bored to sleep by the topic of marketing. The Nature of Marketing The television commercial opens with a fish-eyed security camera's eye view of a convenience store and a strung-out man in the cold cereal aisle. Looking furtively over his shoulder, he takes a box of Cheerios, Wheaties, and Tricks to the checkout, where a cashier laughingly says, Tricks? 
Tricks are for kids. The edgy customer tosses the money at her and flees. Back at his apartment, he triple locks himself inside, tosses the Wheaties and Cheerios to the floor. The kitchen table awaits with an empty bowl and an open carton of milk. Finally, he gasps. After all these years of tricks are for kids, tricks are for kids. Well, today, they're for rabbits. Thanks to computer animation, the guy has reached back and unzipped his face. What we now realize was a remarkable costume is peeled away to reveal a familiar cartoon character, the Trix Rabbit himself. Cackling with glee, Rabbit takes the carton and begins to pour milk onto the cereal he has been waiting 30 years to eat. But to his horror and frustration, only a few drops dribble out. Then comes the title card and the voice of an announcer saying, Got milk? The commercial is a recent entry in a marketing campaign created by the advertising agency of Goodby, Silverstein, and Partners, and sponsored by the California Fluid Milk Processor Advisory Board. An earlier commercial in the series featured an Aaron Burr obsessed history buff who blows a chance at radio quiz riches because his mouth is full of peanut butter when he has to answer who shot Alexander Hamilton. The point in both advertisements is clear. You'd better have milk around. Before the Got Milk series debuted in November 1993, reminding consumers of milk's health and nutritional benefits, there had been an uninteresting belaboring of obvious ideas like milk does a body good. That, accompanied by a steady decline in per capita milk consumption, the Got Milk message defied conventional dairy marketing wisdom by positioning milk not as a life essential, but a lifestyle essential. Something you need to have on hand, and if only to go with the foods you need to have it on hand for. The consequences of this marketing effort has been a sharp increase in sales and the first leveling off of per capita milk consumption in years. Why do people drink milk? What role does advertising play in increasing the consumption of milk? How important is the price of the product? Are all brands of milk thought of as the same? What do supermarkets and organizations like the California Fluid Milk Processor Advisory Board do that motivate consumers to buy? Is being socially responsible an important concern for a marketing organization? The answers to questions like these lie in the field of marketing, which is the subject of this book. This chapter begins by developing a definition of marketing. It then discusses the components of the marketing mix and the environment in which marketing must operate. The marketing concept, which is central to all effective marketing, is described next. Finally, the chapter discusses the role of marketing in society and as an academic discipline. Perhaps you have thought of some of the answers to the questions we asked in the introduction. After all, you have visited shopping centers, examined retail displays, compared prices, dealt with salespeople, and evaluated and purchased a wide range of products. If you think about it, 
as customers, we all play a part in marketing systems. So we all know something about marketing. We all recognize brand names and corporate logos. Television advertising has been an irritant and a source of pleasure to us all. Some aspects of marketing are, of course, more widely known than others. Some of these brands are probably quite familiar to you. The brand names here are probably not. They identify corporations most consumers seldom encounter directly. These companies buy goods and services in order to produce other goods and services, thus performing important marketing activities behind the scenes. Although most of us deal regularly with retailers and sales clerks, we less frequently encounter wholesalers, industrial sales representatives, and advertising agents. Indeed, there are many aspects of marketing that many people have never considered systematically. Most people do not fully understand marketing's place in society or how marketing activity should be managed. To fully understand marketing, we must first know what it is and what it includes. As we will see, there are several ways to consider the subject of marketing. So there are a number of ways to define the term itself. Because for most people, marketing has a business connotation, it is best to begin by discussing marketing from a business perspective. Marketing, as the term implies, is focused on the marketplace. In fact, for shoppers of past generation, the word marketing meant going to a store or market to buy groceries. A business person who is asked the question, what is marketing, might answer that marketing is selling or advertising or retailing. But notice that these are marketing activities, not definitions of marketing as a whole. At the broadcast level, the function of marketing activities is to bring buyers and sellers together. At the beach, the thirsty sunbather seeks the Pepsi stand owner. The owner is in turn interested in selling soft drinks to satisfy the customer's thirst. The owner's marketing activities, such as locating the stand at the beach and advertising the price on a sign, help bring the buyer and seller together. The owner's goal is to consummate a sale to satisfy a customer. This is, of course, a simple exercise. A more sophisticated situation requires more complex marketing activities. Suppose you were the marketing vice president of Bandai America, a company in Cerritos, California, that markets the mighty Morphin Power Ranger toys. The company's headquarters are in Japan, and most of Bandai's toys are produced in Asia and Mexico. Thus, production which is an important business activity, but not a marketing activity, is not directly under your control. Instead, your marketing activities might be identified as product planning, determining prices, advertising, selling, distributing products to consumers, and servicing the products after sales have been made. And even this extensive list is not complete. A full understanding of marketing requires recognition of the fact that product development activities and product modifications are planned in response to public's changing needs and wants. A major marketing activity, then, is paying continuous attention to customers' needs, 
identifying and interpreting those needs before other steps, including production, are undertaken. Although most marketing activities are intended to direct the flow of goods and services from producer to consumer, the marketing process begins with customer analysis even before the product is manufactured. Consider again Bandai's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers toys. These action figures are toy replicas of the multi-ethnic characters on television's popular Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show. The program features six teenage characters who, armed with power derived from prehistoric animals, do battle against evil forces and robot vehicles to save the Earth. Before the Power Rangers, Bandai's main business, creating toys from popular Japanese movie and television characters, had been very successful in Japan, but had failed abroad. Popular Japanese toys such as Ultraman, a metallic superhero with laser beam eyes, were too foreign for the U.S. market. In essence, Bandai had failed to mount the marketing efforts needed to adapt its toys to American markets. However, with the support of Japanese movie maker, toy company, California producer Saban Entertainment, and Fox Children's Network, Bandai was able to make the long-running Japanese Juiranga, Power Ranger, television series, and toys work for U.S. viewers. Based on American needs, Bandai made some changes in the Japanese models. It toned down the violence of the television program for the U.S. audience, portraying the off-duty rangers as normal kids who shoot baskets, mall hop, and do aerobics when they aren't battling evil space aliens. And it added a moral at the end of each show. Bandai also Americanized the toys, making the unmasked characters look American and giving more focus to the female part of the team. It did, however, stay faithful to the toy's original technical intricacy, ensuring, for example, that the index finger moves to hold a laser gun because both Japanese and American children like such features. By discussing the new product idea with Americans before beginning to manufacture the toys, Bandai marketers developed a better understanding of the differing needs of Japanese and American children. Thus. Bandai's American operation does not merely manufacture toys. It interprets the U.S. market's needs. Today, Power Rangers can be found adorning all sorts of products. The distinctive images of Billy the Blue Ranger, Jason the Red Ranger, Trini the Yellow Ranger, Zack the Black Ranger, Kimberly the Pink Ranger, and Tommy the Green Ranger are popping up on underwear, t-shirts, bottles of bubble bath, jigsaw puzzles, stickers, coloring books, paper plates, and wastebaskets. Perform a death-defying act. Eat less saturated fat. The American Heart Association offered this admonition in an advertisement. Yet the Heart Association does not seek to make a profit, nor does it charge a price for most services. Is the American Heart Association engaging in marketing? Not-for-profit organizations are marketers, too. Are your university, church, and local police department marketers? 
If we take a broadened perspective of marketing, the answer is unquestionably yes. If the concept of marketing is broadened to include not-for-profit organizations, then the primary emphasis of marketing involves an exchange process requiring that two or more parties exchange or trade something of value. An economic transfer of goods or services in exchange for a price expressed in monetary terms is the most frequently analyzed marketing exchange. However, exchanges also occur in politicians' campaign, a zoo's fundraising drive, or an anti-smoking group's program. When a donation is made to the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, to a zoo, to a political campaign, or to an anti-smoking effort, something is given and something is received. Even though the something received may be intangible, such as a feeling of goodwill or a sense of satisfaction, in each situation there has been a transaction either between an individual and a group or between two individuals. The characteristic common to these situations is the set of activities necessary to bring about exchange relationships. Additional examples include the offering of a vote or a volunteer effort in exchange for a candidate's pledge to work hard for his or her constituents, the donation of blood to help the sick and injured, and time spent working for a United Way campaign. Where the reward is a sense of satisfaction, all these activities may be viewed from a marketing perspective when they are planned to bring about an exchange. A definition of marketing. The Bandai example illustrates what marketing is like in a well-managed business. The American Heart Association example illustrates that not-for-profit organizations engage in marketing. Thinking about these examples should help you to understand that effective marketing consists of a consumer-oriented mix of business activities planned and implemented by a marketer to facilitate the exchange or transfer of goods, services, or ideas so that both parties profit in some way. The American Marketing Association's definition of marketing embodies these principles. Marketing is the process of planning and executing the conception, pricing, promotion, and distribution of ideas goods, and services to create exchanges that will satisfy individual and organizational objectives. Effective marketing requires the conception and development of goods, services, or ideas so they may be brought to market and purchased by buyers. Pricing, promotion, and distribution of these goods or services or ideas facilitate the basic functioning of bringing marketers or suppliers together with consumers or buyers. Each party must gain something. Revenues satisfy the marketer's objectives and products satisfy the consumer's needs. Each party contributes something of value because each expects to be satisfied by the exchange. Effective marketing involves using the resources of the entire organization to facilitate exchanges between the marketer and the customer so that both parties are satisfied. Keeping Customers and Building Relationships So far, our discussion of marketing has focused on the idea of creating exchanges. Said somewhat differently, we have talked about getting customers. But keeping customers is equally important. Marketers want customers for life. 
effective marketers work to build long-term relationships with their customers. The term relationship marketing or relationship management is used to communicate the idea that a major goal of marketing is to build long-term relationships with the parties who contribute to the company's success. Once an exchange is made, effective marketing stresses managing the relationships that will bring about additional exchanges. Effective marketers view making a sale not as the end of a process, but as the start of the organization's relationship with a customer. Satisfied customers will return to a company that has treated them well if they need to repurchase the same product in the future. If they need a related item, satisfied customers know the first place to look. In summary, marketers strive to initiate exchanges and build relationships. More simply, you can think about marketing as an activity involved in getting and keeping customers. It is the marketer's job to use the resources of the entire organization to create, interpret, and maintain the relationship between the company and the customer. What is a market? The root word in the term marketing is market. A market is a group of potential customers for a particular product who are willing and able to spend money or exchange other resources to obtain the product. The term market can be somewhat confusing because it has been used to designate buildings, the Fulton Fish Market, places, the Greater Houston Metropolitan Market, institutions, the stock market, and stores, the supermarket, as well as many other things. But each usage, even the name of the building in which trading is carried out, suggests people or groups with purchasing power who are willing to exchange their resources for something else. It will become clear that the nature of the market is a primary concern of marketing decision makers. The marketing mix. Our definition of marketing indicates that marketing includes many interrelated and interdependent activities meant to encourage exchange. The term marketing mix describes the result of management's efforts to creatively combine these activities. Faced with a wide choice of product features, messages, prices, distribution methods, and other marketing variables, the marketing manager must select and combine ingredients to create a marketing mix that will achieve organizational objectives. The marketing mix may have many factors, but its elements can be placed into four basic categories, product, place or distribution, promotion, and price. These are commonly referred to as the four P's of marketing, or since they can be influenced by managers as the controllable variables of marketing. Because virtually every possible marketing activity can be placed into one of these categories, the four P's constitute a framework that can be used to develop plans for marketing efforts. Preparing a marketing strategy requires considering each major mix area and making decisions about the development of sub-strategies within each era.